Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Good, Good evening. evening. Good evening. Good evening. Oh, there is a lot of different voices this time. So, yes. Good evening, everyone. We are on episode four, and uh, <laughs> I'm talking like a. a, a uh, uh, it's not the connection, it's just me. We are episode four on Wisdom Podcast, and tonight we are talking about family, and we have got some amazing guests tonight. We have Margaret Rudick. Amazing. <laughs> and we have Esther Bray. Amazing. amazing. And we have the usual Martin and Andy here. <laughs> Double amazing. <laughs> Double amazing. <laughs> um, so... When talking about family, obviously, uh, getting the wise in the chat is probably the wisest thing to do. So that's what we did. Um, just before we start, obviously, if you're listening for the first time and tuning in just now, um, there are live questions and answers going on over here. You can drop the questions on the YouTube or Facebook comments as this is happening on the live comments. There are already a few things over there. Uh, so you can just chip, chip in, you know, feel free to comment anything you want or anything you have to ask Margaret or Esther or anything about family or anything you come to mind, you know, that is absolutely very, very welcome. And, uh, you know, we encourage you to do it. Don't worry. If you're afraid to ask, you can also send the question anonymously, anonymously, anonymously to the question to the email that's on the screens at the moment. And if you can't see the screen, the, that email is podcast at amazinggrace.eu. So you can send them over there. And over the week, we have already got a few really good questions anonymously come through, which we're going to dig into tonight. But before we do, let's, uh, let's pray and give this podcast and this night to the Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you here to come and help us speak and help us, you know, get your wish, uh, wisdom out. <laughs> Lord, we just pray that you would guide this night and and uh, just bless this night, Lord. I pray for every single person who's listening or thinking about asking questions, Lord. I pray that you would encourage them and that they would be blessed, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well done, Larry. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that was an introduction. <laughs> that was quite something, isn't it? Uh, I wanted to mock myself there, but couldn't. Couldn't. Um, if you are just sitting back, we've got a cup of tea over here. Feel free to get a cup of tea and some biscuits and enjoy this uh, evening with us. Uh, you know, you still have time to do that. Just turn the volume up so you can hear us. By the way, let us know in the comment section below if the the voice is loud enough and if you can hear us loud enough. Um, <coughs> So, we have uh, Martin and Margaret, who have got nine kids. I am married to number five. And then they have six grandkids with one on the way. Is that right? Oh. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, knows. And then we have Andy and Esther with two kids uh, on the other side of the line. Say hello, Andy and Esther. Training. Hello, Training. everyone. Hello. <laughs> yeah, if you hear some weird background noise, it's just raining and... The microphones are picking that Training up a little bit. It's nuclear sub. Um, but I know what everyone's thinking. If you, if you haven't met Martin and Margaret before, and if you don't know who they are, everyone's thinking this. Nine kids. How is this possible? How <laughs> did you do it? I put it down to the full cream milk. <laughs> I enjoy. Um, well, it's, it's always been Margaret's little dream. Well, big dream. 
Since I met her. Isn't it, Mag? Yep. When I met Martin, um, yeah, um, that was the thing I said. I would wanted to be a nun or have ten children. Um, so mm-hmm. we've got nine. Um, and number so ten. when we have number ten, she can finally go into the convent? <laughs> 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 that she'll live both dreams. Yeah. <laughs> she'll live so, the ten kids to you. Whoa. Yeah. So. So how did that conversation go? How did that conversation go? That yeah. first day we met. Yeah. Um. Well, we had nine oh, yeah. kids, so. Oh no. Can you guess how it went? <laughs> oh, she yeah. looked at me and thought, "My dream has come true. <laughs> My ship has come in." Well, Martin said to me. When I said I'd like to go, you know, be a, a nun, or I'd like also I'd like to have ten children. Martin said, maybe I could help, and um, at that sort of went bright red and thought, what does he mean? But cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we've had um, nine children, um, no twins, which we've had one at a time. So, which is probably easier than people who've had twins so yeah <laughs> whoa i mean now after having nine kids would you do it again margaret oh yeah definitely that's my mm. my call yeah just with a different husband <laughs> 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 yeah. this time she's gonna get a good one yeah oh, oh no i've loved every minute of it really um and still am really um all these years but yeah. yeah, I'm blessed really with health and strength to do it all because, mm-hmm. I mean, miracle babies in one sense that with all of them never had any sickness or any illness through any of my pregnancies and all normal deliveries. Um, mm. And so for me, it's kind of probably easier in some ways, all of that, mm. than other people. Like, well, our daughter Ruth, who's um, expecting a fifth baby. And she's been sick with all of her children through all of her pregnancies, which mm. bless Ruth so hard and mm. so hard for mm. um, women who have to do that. Um, when it's your first, it's in one sense, it's still hard. But when you've got other children to look after. Um, so for me, you know, I had that sense of, you know, it was that was easier. I mean, it's exhausting and tiring, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Esther? Were you sick with your babies? Oh yeah, it's. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't sick the whole way through, but. Um, I'm obviously you counting know, Andy as one of your babies, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's horrible in the start, but I yeah I really feel for people when they say they have it the whole way through because I mean I was pathetic during my sickness and that didn't last the whole time, um, so I think. You're a hero, Margaret. Oh, <laughs> so oh bless. But mm. I think I always think back to um, our grandparents and before how my own um, grandma, one of them, actually had nine children as well. Mm. Um, actually, and but three of those children died, you know. Um, and that, that was the case in those days. Um, you mm. know, meningitis mm. and mm. TB. Um, and so they're, as well as having, you know, the hardship of <sighs> yeah. the losing three children massive. is massive, mm. really. Oh, yeah. But for them, they didn't have all what that we have, all the domestic appliances and 
Mm. You know, for me, I just think, you know, it's hard, but it's easy compared to to the past, you know, really. Mm. Yeah. So much easier. Mm. Leon, Leon Johnson here says, congratulations, <coughs> you guys. Send our congrats onto Ruth as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Michael Rooney is on their comments. Rebecca Boston, Sally Ann. Um, thank you, everyone, for the comments. You yeah. know, we see all the comments. You're very, <coughs> very welcome. Um, yeah. So when talking about uh, families and things, it's like quite hard to even think where where do you start this this conversation. Uh, but uh, let's try with this uh, a bit of a you know question that maybe gets this rolling. You can just tell us it's going straight to Andy. <laughs> 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 so so um, how has the modern culture infected? Influence, sorry. No, my bad. Let me start again. <laughs> How has the modern culture influenced the church's view and practice of family roles? Where, how do you see the church is given in? Where or how? What do you think, Margaret? How has the modern culture influenced the church's view and practice of family roles? That's a big question, question. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a, a, a big sentence. That's the problem. I know. It's mm. like... <laughs> <laughs> so there's the modern culture, then the influence yeah. on church and practice of family. There's so much in that one question. Yeah, Andy, do modern culture <laughs> has to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I suppose the sense of you know the women being at home, you know, um, would be something that be of you know bible times looking after the children whereas modern cultures um women a lot more work go out to work and um children either going to childcare or looked after grandparents a lot of grandparents look after grandchildren today um yeah. but that's i suppose that's one way um and the thing is you can't ch- cultures something that comes and you can't stop it really so you have to work your way in that and mm. find your way through that as a family um thinking you know my mum was there for me when I was well for all of our family and and for me that was a strength I think for me as a mother because um, I always say she had the gift of being there and for me that was a blessing because um you know we we probably didn't have very much money um but what we did have was emotional security in that sense of mm. brought mm. up and taken care of in the best way my mum could you know we had awesome meals every day that was her uh, role she cooked an awesome dinner every day looked after us took care of us and for me that's a great strength um mm. and that's really a strength that's made me <coughs> who I am you know my own mum really Mm. Um, and I do feel for mums who, um, I know some mums would say, I go to work for a break from my children, which I totally get that as well. And it's really hard being at home all day, every day with your little children. Um, and some people need breaks and things and helpful having a job. And also there's the pressure of sometimes guys can't get jobs and the wife has to work. I remember I had an interview for a job when I was younger and didn't get the job. But years later, I met the person who got the job. And it was a girl, um, and she was married with children. A Christian, actually. and But it was an awesome story, really, because it, 
God let me meet the girl who got the job I really wanted. But God showed me that. Uh, my husband at the time couldn't get a job. They were desperate for money. Mm. Um, and she got that job. And, you know, and he was there at home looking after the children. So, and, you know, that's that's good. That's fine. Mm. But I think for every family, they have to find, <coughs> you know, with the culture, um, you as a family have to find how you feel comfortable and what you want <coughs> for your family um, and try and mm. ask God to help you in that, I guess. Yeah. Culture's changing all the time, isn't it? Mm. So mm. we always say, even the last 30 years since since we got married, the culture's changed so much. The mm. values have changed so much. And, you know, not in a Christian way. It's, it's the opposite, isn't it? It's the opposite of Christianity, the opposite of the Bible, <coughs> the opposite of, like, godly living. So the pressure's bigger, it's harder. You know, you, you know what, what would be quite normal uh, 30 years ago is seen as, like, really radical very christian though where it was the norm for all christians 30 years ago but um yeah it's a challenge isn't it to live bible standards and live for jesus yeah. and the more the culture changes the harder it gets what do you think mm. andy and Esther? yeah it's just it's it's really interesting one isn't it because i mean i mean i i always find it a little bit um <clears throat> I, I always i don't know if it's just our did that dynamic of our marriage or or whether it's just like right biblically, you know, as well. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But when it, when you kind of, it, if it kind of goes, the culture has swung the opposite, you know, to what you sort of see in the Bible, I guess, in those yeah. past times when the culture swings like the opposite way to what you see, I guess, in the Bible. <clears throat> and you kind of see like the women working full time and stay at home dads. I always find that a little bit like, how do, how do them dads cope at home <laughs> all day on the road with the kids? You know, I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but. I don't know. I just think well, uh, men's supposed to be going out to war good at it, and fighting, and, you know, <laughs> no. in the Old Testament. It's like something's know. missing. They're they're just can't, not as good at it. can't quite have the great. I mean, obviously, like, men yeah. are the best cooks, aren't they? We know that. <laughs> men are the best chefs because they're all the best chefs in the world, the guys. Yeah. But apart from that, it's really hard for a guy to look after kids. <laughs> yeah. I just well, think. I, yeah. I just think if I'm left on my own with the kids in the house for for a, a few a few hours I'm like I don't have as much grace it seems as Esther does oh, yeah. I get, around yeah. the house and doing the house things really yeah. um, and I just kind of think do, do some guys really have that grace in, in the opposite way or or is it just a culture thing and they're just kind of putting on the face I don't know yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I suppose there's a balance isn't there with that some guys yeah. probably have grace to do that and are able to do it probably more than other guys but yeah. I think I don't like, know like me really yeah, well, I think women are able. To, that was a joke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think women are able to. Um, maybe most women are able to do many things um, all at once. You know, um, mm-hmm. I suppose the guys might think, right? I'm looking after the kids, and that's all they do. I suppose and that's all the things they can do. Whereas the woman has to that's be able to I look after do. the kids and <laughs> do the washing and prepare the meals and clean the house and. All of those mm-hmm. things and play with the children, mm-hmm. and and it's and it is possible to do that, you know. Mm. Um, Took me two or three months of our marriage to learn to do all that, didn't it? To, to do all those things. Yeah. <laughs> to do all those things at once. Yeah, but um. Yeah. So it is a challenge, though. But maybe some people might not agree. They might mm. say men should do it or could do it, but. Well, yeah, men are better know. at some things and women are better at some things, aren't they? Despite yeah. what the culture says, 
It's just mm. a fact, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. It's just, just the truth. Yeah. yeah. Women are better with the kids. Yeah. Just is. Definitely. Definitely. And you might say, oh, so, it's sexist, but you know yeah. what? It's just actually life mm-hmm. and reality. Because the, you might you might be right, Margaret, there might be the odd guy you yeah. can cope, yeah. but it'll be the odd guy. That's it, yeah. You know, mm. he might be putting pictures on Facebook that he's having a great day with the kids, <laughs> but in mm. reality, he's crying his eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling his hair out and longing for his wife to come back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, but that's why it's important to, I guess, work as a team, isn't it? You know, you know the um, years ago they might have thought, you know, the woman does do all the work, you know, in the house, you know, cook and clean and everything else, and the guy can go out to work. Um, but I think biblically, or well, for me, I think lovingly. That's the thing, isn't it? Biblically is is yeah, the absolutely. love way, isn't it? Really, to yeah. love each other and love each other as a family yeah. and and in the sense of you know it says about um loving each other husband and wives respecting each other loving each other and that's supporting each other and um and being willing to help each other and i think for me so for martin is you know i couldn't have done this on my own say that again <laughs> you know, um, in greek hebrew and, and latin you know, he can cook Christmas dinner and has done it all. See that, guys? Yeah. No pressure. Blindfolded. Well, only because I've taught him everything he knows. <laughs> With the Which left is... hand. Well, the thing is, if you yeah. have a massive family, yeah, the guys really do have to, yeah. your roles do become... have to be willing to, you have to, to be, do be able to, able to do, do, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, you have to. Well, that's the thing. Mm. You think this is where I'm at and, you know, it's... It's hard, isn't it? Because, well, it's about love, isn't it, in the end? Sacrifice yeah. and... Yeah. That's the thing. And it's still hard, whether you have a big family or a little family. Oh, yeah. You know, when you have two little... Ki- I watch people in our church now with two little kids, mm-hmm. you know, a toddler and a baby, and it is unbelievably hard. And I remember sometimes I can, like, drop back into that. It was a long time ago for me, but I look at it and think, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. The bit where you like mm-hmm. die, <laughs> the bit where you die every day, and you just yeah. think, "What is life about?" And but then you come through that, you know. Where you get into bed and you've got a tiny baby, and you hear them waking up as you get into oh. bed, and you just lie there and oh, pretend no. for one minute that yeah. it didn't happen, <laughs> even though deep down you know you're actually going to have to get out yeah, of the bed. Yeah. You just lie there and think, oh, "I'll just pretend it's not happening," and then get out yeah. the bed. And then I'd get yeah. out the bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just my thing. <laughs> but it is hard having children, mm-hmm. you know, for everybody. It's, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a sacrament. Laura Hope is saying, you're amazing, Margaret. Margaret, <laughs> such an inspiration. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laura. I received yeah. that. Uh, Steph uh, Ruth is saying, evening, everyone, from your handsome brotherly sister. Who's that? <laughs> you mothers are awesome. <laughs> it's uh, Steph Broughton. <laughs> oh, oh, bless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, Esther. And yeah. then um, Jeanette is saying, hi, Margaret and Esther, you're going to be awesome. Um, Amy yeah. says, hi. Jack's got another good question over here. I've seen that question. Um, Amy, hi, Jack. Amy says, well hi, said, Margaret. It's mm. all about love and serving your family in yeah. the way that you need. They need you. Yeah. So, yeah, said. well said. Well, well said, Margaret. If anyone wants to send any nice messages to the guys tonight, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're right here. I, I remember Rosie, Rosie Bray saying to me, <coughs> and, and our Ruth as well, um, you know, Rosie Bray saying, oh, how do you do it, Margaret? I said, well, if you consider yourself dead, 
She mm-hmm. just laughed and said, it's true. If you, con- you know, if you consider yourself dead, then everything you get is a bonus. Because mm. often if you sort of expect things for yourself a lot or, um, you know, go out for things for yourself or look for things for yourself. Me time. Yeah, me time. You know, they say that, yeah. you know, me time. But I tell you, if you do that, I'm sorry, but it, you become, you get disappointed and it's hard. Whereas if you kind of think, well, for me, I remember my friend Julia, she said, can I come and help you, Margaret, and to do you in your house? And I said, oh, yes, please. I love that. And this is when all our nine children were at home and she came and um, helped me. She came to my laundry room and she kind of went in and she came out. She said, Margaret. She said, Margaret, Martin's living in there. (laughs) (laughs) She she found me. Yeah, I'd been there for three months. (laughs) Lost. <laughs> no, sorry, Maggie. Yeah, go on. No, it's all right. I'm used to that. Um, no, bum, she bum. she said um, she said, "Oh, Margaret, you don't have a life, do you?" And I just looked at her and I said, "Julia, I've got the best life, you know." And I think My. if you see it as your life, that and for me, that's how I've, I see my life as looking after my children, looking after Martin, and doing all of this, huh? and you know, and it's really hard in some ways because. You know, you clean the bathroom, you clean the bathroom again, you pick all the toys up, you pick them up again, you know, you fold the washing, you know, you do five loads of washing a day, you go shopping and, you know, and you think you could become really like, um, you know, and then there's times when you are, you think, oh my goodness, don't get me wrong, human beings, but if, you know, for me, I see it as this is my calling and I'm here, I'm not, I'm not, you know, running anywhere or trying to escape but and and to be honest i love it i love the challenge of it all you know did you ever think margaret that you know when you were in that you know thinking this is my thing this is what i'm doing did you ever think that oh i wish this was over so i could do something for the lord i wish i could you know finally when this is all over or well no Hmm. because i'm i'm doing it for the lord (laughs) it's my life doing it for the lord and but did you ever um, feel like you were missing out when um Oh, yeah. But like I was going yeah. to all those cocktail parties and <laughs> getting get invited to all those evangelist yachts. Oh yeah, all those countries and things. But mm-hmm. no, well that's part of the dying bit, I suppose. And the challenge for me to try and, um, you know, do it on my own, if you like, with God. But um, yeah, I suppose in some ways... For having children, we used to have a lot of meetings in our house in between having babies, and I used to get involved with um, different things going on, alphas and first steps and all these kind of things when the time seemed appropriate, you know, when I felt like, okay, yeah. this is possible. Um, my mum can babysit or my auntie Betty can babysit, and it worked peacefully and I could do that. And I, and I love doing all of those things and serve God as well in all those, in the church, in that kind of sense. And and but I tell you sometimes well God really spoke to me once, and um, when I was um, well the baby woke up and I was downstairs and we were having a meeting or something, um, and then I ha- the baby woke up so I have to go and feed the baby, so I go upstairs and feed the baby and I could think, oh I'm missing out you know they're all downstairs and I'm missing out on what's going on, and then God spoke to me and said no Margaret you're exactly where I want you to be, mm. you know here. This is what you're meant to be doing, looking after your baby. And then that was it. I thought, that's it. It's true. Mm-hmm. And get peace then. Think, yeah. yeah. And I think if you fight for something that actually that isn't real, you know, mm. 
Yeah, it's like right. I'm, I'm meant, it is a fantasy yeah. oh I want to be doing this I want to be doing that and when I've had all my children yeah. I'll go and do Lady then I'll really be serving yeah. the Lord but actually yeah. it's, it is rubbish. a lie you know yeah I mean look you're at either serving the Lord now or yeah. you're not serving him anywhere you that's won't serve it. him anywhere else oh that's yeah. true Esther mm-hmm. um, there's a how, how did you find the first six months with, with Phoebe and how how did that go for you because that that wasn't very easy was it yeah, with Phoebe, she's our second child. So um, you're already used to having one child and that seemed like a challenge. But then when it doubles, like overnight, mm. <laughs> you realise having two is even harder. But um, yeah, with Phoebe, it was particularly challenging just because she had like extremely bad colic. Um, mm. I don't know what happened, like what was wrong with her or whether she had allergies or what, but she just cried and cried and cried and she didn't really sleep at night and things. So... For me, it was like learning to really put up with crying all the time. <laughs> like yeah. you couldn't do well, anything about it. Yeah, like I was just all evening pace up and down with her all the yeah. time. Yeah. Nothing worse never than that. Mm. Bless your Esther. It's stressful, isn't it? Crying babies. And when you see other people mm. with babies that are settled, you, you have to like kind <laughs> of die to the fact that, okay, my baby's not oh, as good yeah. as some other babies <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've been praying, praying through the pregnancies. Oh, Lord, yeah. please let me have a really settled, yeah. peaceful baby who sleeps so well. And then <clears throat> they come along and you're like, well, Lord, the God's given me something else, but um, that's what's right for me. It's my challenge and I'll grow through it, I guess. And that's I really nice. learned to pray a lot through the night when Phoebe was uh, mm. awake a lot. <laughs> well done, well. Did you yeah. Did you feel missing out when that was happening? No, I think I died to that already, really, when I had Solomon mm-hmm. because... I never really got to stay through church services when Solomon was a baby either. And at first I found that really hard and part of me thought, oh, could Andy take him out sometimes or something, you know, mm. and wanted to be in the service. But obviously Andy was um, more needed for the leading of services and stuff. And Solomon would have really wanted me and I was breastfeeding and stuff. So I had to get used to the fact that, oh no, the sermon was just about to start, but he's like crying <laughs> yeah. now and... I'll have to take him out. And I was really hoping to get blessed because I'm so tired. I could really do with being refreshed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we'd, I'd go in the baby room. And at the time, you couldn't even listen to the preach from the baby room. So I was always wishing, like, you know, I could hear it in there and things. And, and like, I came to the conference as well. And I missed all the conference pretty much. And mm. it just started to feel like I might as well not come. But um, yeah. I just, like, it's a similar thing like Margaret was saying there when she had to leave the the meetings at her house like I just started to realize Mm. there's nothing happening in there that God's got for me that I'm missing because he's got yeah you know if if it was right for me to have heard that message Mm. he would have stayed asleep and I would have got blessed you know because God would have been like there were some times where the baby really was settled and you know what God just absolutely gave me everything that I needed for that season in one message you know Um, and then when I was out of it I just thought no you know what because I'm not missing something in there that God had for me, like God's in, in wherever I am, you know. So I really learned that with um, Solomon, I guess. So when it, Phoebe came along, I'd already learned that lesson, I think. But it was more tiring and I did have to pray more and get faith, you know, for like healing for her and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually she definitely got healed because uh, within like a week of us having a big prayer session for her one time at um, an elders meeting, she just started sleeping through the That's night. and awesome. I just never had the same problem. She's never had any kind of allergies. So awesome. That's mm. awesome. That's mm. flipping awesome. Yeah. Poor. Mm. Get Jesus in, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Get Jesus in. It's important to pray, isn't it? Mm. To your 
Par- yeah. Parenting and all the rest. <laughs> Honestly, I found as well. You know, you wake up with with your kid in the night. Your first thing is you're just angry. You're just so angry, <laughs> oh, yeah. and then when you give in and realize, okay, I'll just I'll yeah. just pray. You know, it's like a different time where you pray and yeah. find it is special mm. time where you men- maybe meant to just yeah. pray. It's different, mm. isn't it? Yeah. The other yeah. thing that guys can learn to do is you pretend you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's some wisdom there and you just now, can't wake up <laughs> now if, if you just listen to this bit take this bit away and you've you've done tonight you've got some wisdom but um nowadays like more and more it becomes the norm that there's just one single parent you know you go to schools or you go places and you see more and more there's only one single parent you know yeah. either your dad or mom why do you think this is happening why this is becoming more and more the norm you know all disney movies there's always one parent missing to whether it's you know whoever always one parent missing in the movies or well, always dad you or know what, when you talk about hard i often see people who are bringing up even one kid on their own and i think wow yeah talk about hard you know what hmm. i mean when you're a couple when you well when you're married obviously it's the best because you've got a covenant relationship so it's mm. much stronger your family and your relationship you know you can't walk out if you're having a bad time it's uh, it's just you keep going through the bad time so so if you're a boyfriend and girlfriend with a baby that's harder mm. it's harder because it's looser and you yeah. know what when the chips are down and when you're exhausted and when you're seriously depressed and every and the kids are ill uh, you don't want loose actually you want to be tied into something that's going to see you through this hard time to something mm. that's very rich and awesome, which mm. is, you know, your family. But mm. the hardest of all, you know, is people who, who are on their own. Mm. You know, I mean, you think about them on this lockdown, you know. Mm. People in well, flats yeah. and people in home with kids. You yeah. just think, God help yeah. them, you know. It's mm. unbelievably stressful. Mm. Baby gets ill, you've got no one to bounce it off. You know, mm. It must be, must be unbelievably difficult. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's sadly, sadly, it is more common, isn't it? In these days, it's just the fallen world, and well, it's yeah, the, it's, it's the norm, isn't it? It's just normalised, isn't it? It's yeah. What was what would be like, um, you know, shocking in the Victorian age? Yeah, you know, is is uh, totally normalised now. Well, yeah, we watched that movie, um, The Man for All Seasons, and it's oh, about. Yeah. You know, Thomas More, who actually, he was a martyr, English martyr. He was be- beheaded because he didn't agree with Henry VIII and, mm-hmm. you know, Getting being divorced and yeah. remarrying. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you think of that, you think he was be pre- prepared to be beheaded for that. But now, yeah. when you think how times have changed and yeah. culture, um, divorces you know, acceptable, so easy, mm. um, and living together, which was once called living in sin, mm. um, is just the norm, actually. Yeah. You know? mm. I mean, when you think of Winston Churchill, I'm putting this out there, but Winston Churchill mm. and Boris Johnson, I mean, you know, he, he's had, you know, his girlfriend, yeah, he's got a girlfriend, hero, and, he? yeah, and he's, you know, you just think a different world. 
different yeah. world. Yeah, would have never been accepted, would it? No. He couldn't have been no. in public. No, he public probably wouldn't be allowed like to be. Past. No, no he never, never got there. Yeah. If you were yeah. seen as stable and <coughs> married and, mm. you know, which, you know, and and you know what, it's hard because a lot of people on their own, it's not their fault. Yeah. You know, people have yeah. been unfaithful to them and walked out in them. Yeah. And you're speaking mm. about the culture, you know, someone's saying about the culture there. Mm-hmm. Well, the culture makes, the culture decides what is normal. Yeah. The culture says what is normal, whether it's right or not, whether it's mm. healthy or not, it says what's normal. Mm. And right now, and for a few decades now, the culture has said, you know, since the 60s, the culture has said, you know, having sex doesn't matter. It's not inside marriage. It's anywhere you want. And and out of that one decision comes a lot of changes in society. Mm. Yeah. And, and one of them is a lot of single parents because mm. ba- you know babies come along don't they one way or another mm. so um you know what and thank god not everyone is willing to have an abortion yeah you know sometimes people are single parents because they're brave actually and they love the little baby and they yeah. want to bring him up which is which mm. is gorgeous and jesus loves those people has mercy for them wants to help them but the culture mm. itself isn't helping them yeah. the yeah. culture is still a lie it's it's mar- sex is for marriage, mm. and that's it. Do you think the culture has affected the church as well, like how church Jesus uh, sees? Oh, yeah, uh, of course, it the is the marriage yeah. now. Yeah, because now you get pastors who are divorced, and <laughs> don't you? You get gay yeah. bishops. I mean, what you get gay bishops, mm. and you get you get people who are divorced who are pastors, and they get divorced, and they keep going as pastors. Mm. I mean, or they come, or they reemerge two years later, still with the ministry. I mean, it would be unheard of in the past. Yeah. The standards have affected the church massively. The culture always affects the church. Yeah. Until there's revival. And when mm. there's revival, the church affects the culture. Mm. And you know what? It can take 100 years. It can take 50 years. Mm. Mm. Uh, for, because it's a slow drip. But it's but it once the tide changes, it does change. You know, mm. Christianity has affected the culture many, many, many times. Affected the world more than anything else, mm. and it's mm. always for good. Mm. Yeah. And the devil will always tell you it's for bad, but it's always for good. Mm. It's always for protection of the vulnerable, the weak. You know, um, the happiness of men and women, families. Mm. It always God's ways, God's commandments. Yeah. <coughs> Do not commit adultery. Yeah. That's right back there, isn't it? Why? Yeah. And, and in the Old Testament, I hate divorce, he says. I hate it. Why do you hate it? Because it's horrible. Mm. Because people's lives are broken and their hearts are broken. Mm. And it's no good, you know, giving someone a card, congratulations on your divorce, and all trying to be super cool and hard about it, so it doesn't matter, because mm. it does matter. And yeah. you, it's usually kids who are broken out of it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. He ends a mighty sermon. <laughs> Margaret, are you asleep? Have you got a cup of tea? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about the culture and um, and your children, really, as well. And, um, you know, I suppose some people homeschool the children for that very reason. A lot of Christians, especially in America, I think, would homeschool their children um, and people here. But this is a challenge, letting your children out there and um, in school and in the culture. And as, I think as parents, that's a real challenge because you can bring your children up, um, teach them about God and reading God's word and praying and the gospel and 
who Jesus is and what he's done and and all of these things. Yet, when they go out there, they have all the influence of the culture saying the opposite mm-hmm. or other things. And so they have to learn to deal with all of that, you see. Mm. Um, so it's a big challenge, you know, um, the culture changing like that. And, and it can affect your children. But in all of it, I think, you know, as parents, you can feel, right, you know, when your children are little, um, you take care of them. When they get hurt, fall over, you can pick them up and you can kiss them better, um, clean them up and love them and they're all all right. And But then as they get older and they make their own decisions and they go out there and they get hurt or mm. um, they make choices, one of the things... When we used to drop our kids off at school, Martin used to shout out the window. It was like a ruddick saying, make good choices. Make good choices. Yeah, I got yeah. it off a movie. It was off a movie. <laughs> yeah, off a Everything movie. in our life's off a movie. Off a movie. <laughs> but, you know, make good choices. And <clears throat> as parents, and as Christian parents, um, you know, you, you can think, have I done enough? You know, have I done too much? Um, have I done the right things? And all of this. Um, and then, but in the end, they're human beings, you know, your children are, and mm. they have to decide, you know, they come up against the culture, um, and everybody else that they meet and all that you've sown into them, what, you know, you believe is, is good and right. Um, they have to, they, you know, there's a tension, you know, uh, they have to decide in the end. And all you can do as parents is pray for them. Mm. Um, so that's a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, about the the women's roles and men's roles over there. Um, Jack's got um, a good question over here. It says that Jack always has a good question. <laughs> Jack's the best question. Question. Give, uh, Jack is give the her. question maestro. <laughs> what should a Christian man look for in his choice of a wife? How can you know if you are compatible for one another? Andy, what do you think? Wow, interesting. (laughs) Very interesting question. Um, Well, I I mean, I think I can only speak for from my experience, I guess, as as how I've I've found it. But um, yeah, go on, Andy. I mean, I didn't. All the juicy bits. (laughs) What's that? Sorry. (laughs) All the juicy bits, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean for me it was just like um i, I didn't i didn't not i didn't want to make the mm. wrong choice you know i didn't want to do something um an act of my own flesh something you know um of my own cho- wrong you know choice that wasn't off god I, I wanted to hear god you know for who i was going to marry because it's like after getting saved it's the next most important decision you know i think of my life i thought at the time and i think it is so i really wanted that one to be right. And I knew that I, I, I didn't know what I wanted, you know, um, I, I didn't, I, um, maybe some people do, you know, if they've, you know, um, grew up as a Christian and, and being a Christian all their life, they might have a bit of a better idea, but from, I guess my past, I didn't really know what, what I wanted, what would have been good for me and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to pray and hear God. <laughs> um, and, and mm-hmm. we literally, we literally met that way. You know, we, God spoke to us both clearly about each other, about getting together. And, and we, got married within 10 months of actually even knowing each other you know we barely really we laugh about it now but we didn't actually really know each other that much when we got married <laughs> we'd only actually we'd only actually started speaking 10 months before that 
um, you know, so we just went, we just heard God. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess my advice would be, you know, number one, you know, make sure it's a, a believer. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You, you must marry a believer. I mean, I'd say this, I'll say this to my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a Christian, you make sure you marry a Christian. <laughs> I mean, that is absolute, you know, for me, for if, you, if you're not married, that would, that, is my, that would be my advice to you, you know, make sure you marry a believer. Yeah. And um, that's what I'll say to my children and, um, you know, it's, it's clear through the Bible that as well. And, yeah. And, um, and after that, I mean, I, I only know, I'd, you know, I'd hear God <laughs> if it's right, I guess. Um, some people might have a bit of a different, you know, answer in terms of, you know, might, might get to know each other and if you're suitable and all the rest, but I think you've got to hear God first anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anyone's had anything, but. Yeah. I mean, the way I, I met Rebecca, which is Martin and Margaret's number five was, I think pretty miraculous, you know, how I wasn't even looking for or interested really, you know, but, um, but then God really spoke clearly, you know, that this is the woman for me, even though I had been praying since I was 10 years old, every single, every single night, you know, I was praying for my wife. I didn't know who she was, but I was just praying, Lord, you know, protect her, bless her, you know, wherever she is, you know, yeah, keep her pure, mm. keep her safe, you know, from bad mistakes and whatever. And then obviously when I met Becca, she she was 100% everything I prayed for. Also, there was that bit, you know, whether... Because I really wanted to hear from God clearly that she is that woman for for, for me, mm. you know. And I don't think it's bad to ask from God mm. that thing, you know, that, okay, God, tell mm. me if, if that is the right thing. But there was quite an interesting story. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Uh, which story? The Bulgarian. In Bulgaria. Man. Go on, Margaret. Oh, yeah, go on, Margaret. This at, is, well, this is it's your story, isn't it? You remember. You were good at details. Um... There's a country called Bulgaria. <laughs> Apparently I was there once. Oh, yes, it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back now. Um, Do you remember the, we were um, praying in the field? Yeah, in the, yeah. Um, it was Bulga- in the church, yeah. wasn't it? A pastor. We went to Bulgaria to yeah. do some ministry. Me, Ian Stewart and uh, Tom Richters. And, and Andy, I think. Andy, were you there? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, no, okay, not in Bulgaria, anyway. no. Anyway, and... Um, yeah, we. I went with one of the pastors to the... We all went to different churches on the Sunday morning. And uh, I went with this guy who started all these churches in Bulgaria. Amazing guy. Took me out to this village place where he was ordaining a pastor. And um, it was a brilliant meeting. Loads of people there. And, he, and they, they laid hands on this pastor. And uh, I was just sort of at the side watching, joined the meeting. I'd preached already. And then I just thought, oh... I'm going to get some prayer for these guys while I'm here. Mm. There's no way I'm going back home without getting these awesome apostles and yeah. prophets to pray for me. So I said, uh, I sort of interrupted the meeting a little bit and said, and can I have some prayer? They all looked at me like, what a weird Englishman. <laughs> and But they said, yeah. So I knelt down and they prayed for me. And the um, the main guy said, there's a young man going to ask you a question about your daughter when you get home. Say yes to him. And so that was like a prophetic help for me, mm. because obviously Rebecca was really young, wasn't she? Rebecca was only young, yeah. Was she sixteen, I think. She was sixteen mm. or seventeen. Well, and then, then Lowry said, "You know, can I marry your daughter?" And I said, "Can you speak English?" <laughs> was that English? <laughs> so can you speak English, buddy? Because if you can't, no. Um, and then I said, "Yeah." I said, "You can." When she's eighteen. 
<laughs> and uh, but yeah, that's. But there's some good advice there for Jack, isn't there? Mm, yeah. A couple of things coming out there. I mean, one mm. is definitely a believer, mm-hmm. because if you're not heading in the same direction in life, mm. it's going to be unbelievably tough. Mm. And a believer's heading towards Jesus all their life, so. If someone's heading in another direction, it's just going to be impossible. And it does say in the Bible, don't be mismated. Don't yeah. be joined together with unbelievers um, hmm. to Christians. That's advice. And then the other advice that just dripped out there was Lowry saying pray. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and Andy said it as well. Pray. Mm-hmm. He was praying for a wife. Praying, mm-hmm. you know. So that's a good thing to do. Jack, start praying now. Mm-hmm. It's another good reason to come to church. Lockdown doesn't help, does it, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to get to church to meet them. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, Margaret? Anything to that? Um, I think, yeah, pray, really, mm. for your husband or wife. Yeah. Because God knows who they are and where they are, you know, mm. the right person. Um, and for your own children as well. Pray yeah. for your children's husbands and wives. Yeah, yeah. Um, because... Like Ruth and Andrew. Yeah, <coughs> you know. Mm. Our eldest given, that was a miracle, wasn't it? Yeah, just amazing, you know, you can have amazing stories um but you, you do need to pray and ask god and mm. get god's wisdom and guidance and be in his will and all of <coughs> these things you know mm. um but i think that is the main thing to pray the other little practical thing is this that i i do really think this as well and i might be wrong you might not agree with me and it's not actually in the bible but it's just something i really believe and that is that you can make marriage work with anyone if you're a believer mm. You can make your marriage work through love and through the Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And mm. um, so in terms of, um, you know, some people get deceived and think, I married the wrong person. Or, or why didn't I become a Christian before I got married? And yeah. am I with the wrong person now? Has God got someone else for me? And actually, mm. if you're married and you come up, become a believer, your wife is from God yeah. and your husband yeah. is from God and you stay there and yeah. you make it work. Mm. Um, yeah. And equally, you might be just going through a tough time in your marriage. Every marriage has tough times, um, you know. So if you're in one of those tough times, you might be thinking, my goodness me, have I married the wrong person here? They're not meeting my needs. I'm not I'm not happy. I'm struggling, you know. Um, yeah, and that's just Margaret. <laughs> no, but, but uh, you all go through that and at that moment you need to know that you know there's not this dream person somewhere else that you you you, you know you make marriage work marriage is practical it works through christian love actually mm-hmm. through forgiveness and love yeah. and giving mm-hmm. and keeping going and enduring that's what makes it really awesome yeah um, yeah yeah Anything to add, Andy Nesser, over there? Or? I just had one little thing I was just thinking of as well about, like, you know, um, it's important. The first, of f- first, of fir- first, 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 first. <laughs> yeah, put, um, put your teeth be- in. Be- before, before you hear God for a Christian husband or wife, before that, it is the most important thing is your own personal relationship with God is the most number one thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially in that sense, when you're looking for a wife or a husband, because... Yeah. You know, you you know, you your body, you know, as as needs and wants to be married, which is right and good and godly. Mm. Um, but um, but it can easily be like um, 
a distraction sometimes or become quite easily it can become an idol if it takes the yeah, place yeah. of god that's right if it, be, if it becomes the the, the biggest thing, thing in your life yeah. if it takes the place of you know god in terms of everything you know it can become above god without you realizing it yeah. so it's always important to kind of make sure that it's surrendered you know yeah um esther i don't know if esther's got anything to add but yeah, I was just thinking of like that scripture, seek first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added to you. Like I found that really when I wasn't looking for anything more than just more of God, I was so blessed that he just gave me Andy as well. And mm. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was only uh, 19 when we got together. Mm. I didn't even imagine I was ever going to get married. And it wasn't, it definitely wasn't this idol to me to get married, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some people dying to be <clears throat> married. It was nothing <laughs> like that to me. And when... Mm-hmm. When it's not then when Jesus and your relationship with God and I mean to be honest I was just buzzing the, at the thought of being some kind of evangelist you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I was going to save the world somehow and I was really focused on that and the kingdom of yeah. God and I think some people could think oh look Esther she got married so young and maybe like it was like my plan or something to do mm. that but honestly it was so far mm. from what I'd imagined for myself yeah um, mm. but it was just everything God had for me mm. um, yeah in the middle of me actually meeting Him. And coming so close to him, and then that was just added to me, and I wasn't even hmm. looking for it. So I think seeking first the kingdom of God. Yeah, I I had to wait until I was thirty until my idols were smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's interesting that Esther, because you're saying about the plan of God for your life, because mm. that's the actual thing, Jack. You know, it's yeah. to do with God's got a plan for your life. Therefore, if you're meant to be married, He'll have a, a wife for you. And he'll, as you seek him, he'll bring the right person at the right time. That's God's mm. plan. The main thing is God's plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Margaret was telling me earlier, it's Florence Nightingale's little day-to-day, isn't it? Mm. You know, Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp. And everyone's raving about nurses at the moment, which is brilliant. But um, not everyone knows that she was a committed Christian. Mm-hmm. She mm. was a born-again Christian, Florence Nightingale. And mm. she said, what did she say, Margaret? She was said when she was 17 well, years she, old. What when was it? she was 17, it's actually a birthday today. Um, 200 years ago, she was born. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Florence. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, at the age of 17, she heard the call of God to serve, to serve him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- and that's what she did. You know, she gave her life as a nurse and served and, you know, gave her whole life to that, really. Wow. And so it's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um, <clears throat> did she get married? Um, not sure, actually. <coughs> have to um, Google it, but not mm. Wikipedia, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a, to serve God. That's mm. the thing, if you serve. Yeah, that's the thing. God knows what's the right thing for you. Because you might not the, be the meant to be thing. married. No. Some, Some people are meant to be single yeah. and are single. Mm. Some mm-hmm. people pray for a husband or a wife and they don't come. No. Or don't come for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm. a challenge. You know, there's one challenge getting up in the middle of the night with mm-hmm. babies there's another challenge if you'd love to get up in the middle of the night with a baby yeah and you haven't got one yeah you know mm-hmm. yeah life is full of hard things no matter which yeah. way you go mm-hmm. yeah you've got to cross this mountain range one way or another yeah oh, yeah carl says uh, no she didn't i think so didn't no. she didn't get married probably not so there you are there's an example yeah. mm-hmm. florence nightingale and yeah. um, there's one question here that's a little bit outside of like our topic but i think it's interesting one anyway to hear your guys view so um says that um my question is what do you think about may 14th head of christ's islam christ as islam ask for prayer pray that all have the same god 
So he's explaining this more, which is that we in America see the Pope as the false one, and um, he has created all the faith as one and is called Christ Islam, and want all to pray on 14th this month, I guess, and just want your thoughts on that. I don't know what that is, do you? What's that? I haven't got a clue. Something about families? I haven't got a clue what you're talking about, what he's talking about. But let me just ask you this. Is he on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess, I, I don't know the facts here. I'll have to check the facts. Uh, you can give us more facts if you want. Yeah, but, give uh, us more facts. But we don't know if, if this is completely <laughs> true here. What, Before you've had a drink. <laughs> there is... Um, there is, you know, you mentioned about getting married and things like that. But what, what if, you know, to continue from there, where is where you really have to wait, you know, because sometimes you really want to get married, and then, you know, there's this waiting period. You know, you, how do you, you know, some people just want to get married and then get married very late, and how do you endure that? Um, well, I suppose that's a hard question because all of us, um, I suppose Andy could answer that, but we were young when we got married, so. Mm-hmm. We, we were 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess Andy. Right, man. <laughs> That's an old yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andy right <laughs> yeah. uh, Where's that going? <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, in some ways, sometimes I think you have to go even to another country to find your husband or wife. Mm. Um, Get a passport so. check. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you, you know you might actually the time might not be right and the place might mm. not be right so yeah. but I think in that time is it's surrender to God really again in it all you know s- mm. surrender yeah. to him yeah. and the yeah. daily thing because like if you're hankering after that and wanting to find your wife to find your husband um, and it might be 10 years later then you think oh rather you know trust God and I know it might be hard, but to, to, to seek God what he wants you to do now. Um, because I always say, while you're young, while you're single, to everybody, you know, um, read your Bible, yeah. pray, spend time doing all these things, you know, um, because once you're married and have your children, then you're very limited with your time. Because when you've had your children, you often think, uh, what did I did do before? You know, all of mm. this. But um, but I would say you know use the time while you are waiting and mm. um, mm. to seek God to and seek God. to seek God. Because yeah. the best thing about life is God, isn't it? Yeah. The yeah. best, you know, what the best thing about being married is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the best yeah. thing about being single is Jesus. Yeah. And the best thing yeah. about being a woman is Jesus. And the best yeah. thing about being a man is Jesus. Mm. Actually, yeah. he's the only thing that makes life joyful, yeah. really joyful yeah. Yeah. and really fulfilling. Yeah. And that's good good news for everyone because it means whatever situation you're in, you might be ill, you might yeah. be disabled, mm. you might be stuck in a house and can't get out or can't mm. but you can still have the fullness of life yeah. in knowing yeah. God mm-hmm. nothing can stop you knowing God and that is the pinnacle of life marriage isn't mm-hmm. having kids mm. isn't um, but mm. you know it's a blessing yeah. but it comes yeah. right under that like we've been saying um, mm. yeah and the Anessa do you want to add something no, no I was just going to reiterate again what Margaret said there about like surrender as well I think I mean, like, because for me, I was, like, definitely wanting to be married was definitely an idol for me, uh, you know, for a few years before I got married. Mm. And and I really, 
I had to get to that point. Well, obviously the Holy Spirit helped me get to that point where I could really surrender. And I was, and I just got to this point one time where I prayed in the car, like, you know, Lord, if you never want me to get married, then, you know, so be it, you know, take, take these desires away then, you know, and, mm. and I just give my life to you. And, and, and that's, you know, kind of really give it the death blow, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously the Lord helped me, you know, in that prayer to do that. Um, but but I think it's like surrender's real. It's not just a word. Oh, you've got to surrender this and surrender that, and then you'd be okay. It's like no, you, it's got to <laughs> die. You know, yeah. it's really, really as and and I think that's otherwise if it's an idol. And otherwise, if it can't, then it isn't. It's an idol, you know. Mm. Yeah. Which it was for me, you know. And then once, yeah. You know, I think it. I, I met Esther shortly after saying yeah. the, this prayer. I guess. Yeah. And it I'm, was real and yeah. deep, you know. Just thinking, thinking about you, Andy. How. Um, you know, you were saying about the surrender thing, and and you see, in some ways, you know, it's talking about the culture again. In one way, you know, the um, as Christians and followers of Jesus, and you know, we live a, a life um, totally different to the people who who don't follow God and read His Word and live it every day for Him, because you know, supernaturally it's a totally different life to the natural way of doing things. Mm. Um, and, you know, people, you know, would say, okay, you know, make things happen. Go and meet somebody. Do this, do that. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about, like you, Andy, how you'd even saved up money, um, hadn't you, from working in the army, if you like, and had money mm. there ready to get married mm-hmm. for your wedding yeah, day. Think, yeah. yeah, do you remember? Yeah. And what did you do yeah, with that money? Yeah. What did yeah. you do with it, you know? Yeah, he gave yeah, it yeah. to Martin. No. <laughs> which is what everyone <laughs> should do. What with is that same. story that you did with that money, you yeah, know? Go on, Andy. Go on, that's, I think that's a... Oh, do you uh, remember? Yeah. Can you remember? <clears throat> yeah, I, I had yeah. it all. Yeah, I had yeah. <laughs> some, some money saved up, yeah. Um, and you yeah, can, give, yeah, just give it away, give I it think. You see, that's part of the surrendering, you see, because in the natural... Yeah. You know, people would save up, world you say, people in the natural would um, save up, wouldn't they? You know, oh, we can't get married or I can't get married until I've got this much money or till we've got mm. this house, till we've got money for the wedding, mm. da-di-da-di-da. And yeah. that's, mm. yeah, that's all right. well and good. And that's the natural way to do things. But actually, there is the, di- the supernatural dimension with God. Sometimes he does things very differently, you know, and, mm. you know, that sense of, all oh, right, God, I've got this money, this is for my wedding, or this is when I get married, whatever. Yeah. But actually, you felt like just that was probably part of your surrendering to give that money away. Yeah, Because definitely. in a way, that's you letting go of your controlling the situation, like, oh, yes, I can make this happen when I meet the girl. But actually, mm. you, if you haven't got the money, then it's, like, harder. But actually, yeah. you know, mm. in that surrender... You don't need the money, do you? You know, because God yeah. provides for everything, provides Amen. your wife and provides Amen. everything you need to get married as well. Yeah. yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. And that world cruise that me and Andy went on <laughs> when he surrendered that money was really worth it. It changed us. <laughs> I mean, when we got married, obviously we we had the temptation to wait and, you know, have our dream wedding or whatever. Yeah. But... I think it's beautiful, you know, if mm. you if you have that whatever you can afford because sometimes you can have a wedding <coughs> that you weren't supposed to have. You're well, spending well, it's money. It's a marriage that, you want, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's a marriage yeah. you want, not a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Some people have an awesome wedding and they leave each other two years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about it's a marriage you're after, so 
the wedding mm, is an definitely. important day, but actually, it's amazing how unimportant it is. Yeah, three, yeah. Three, three weeks later, you know, yeah. you've built up for it for like forever. Mo- yeah, you the p- most powerful part of our wedding was just the actual s- the service. Yeah, yeah. Same for the us, vows yeah. and the worship. You know, after that, it was all just like. <laughs> Yeah, off around the edges, you know. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Stuart coming in on a helicopter and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amy's got a good question over here. He's asking from both couples. Says, what would you say in the best, what would you say is the best way to share faith with your f- children? And what is your favorite memory of children experiencing God? That's a good one, Amy. Um, well, I suppose... I remember a situation uh, when we had Ruth and Joseph, that's our two, our eldest Ruth is now 31 and Joseph is going to be 30 in June. But when they were little um, and yeah, we basically, this particular, we felt in our street, we put a leaflet through every door and invited our neighbours to come round because we thought we'd share our life with them about what God had done in our lives. Um, and so um, we got the Ruth and Joseph ready for bed and we got everything ready downstairs and we opened our front door and waited and waited and waited. And Ruth and Joseph were upstairs and they were shouting, is anybody coming? Is anybody coming? <laughs> and and nobody came. And then... Um, and then we said, you come. So they came down the stairs, um, and Ruth and Joseph, and this was a precious moment really because they came downstairs and then we shared with them about what happened to us and how we became Christians and what God had done for us. And they thought they were so blessed. And then they said, oh, were you sad that nobody came? And we said, no, actually, you came. And that night we talked to them. We talked to them um about what happened to us, about how we become Christians and chose to follow Jesus mm. and the process for us and also about being filled with the Holy Spirit and how that changed our lives. Mm. Um, and and they asked us about that. Can we become Christians? Can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? And we said, absolutely. So we talked to them and prayed for them both, Ruth and Joseph, and, um, and we prayed that God would fill them with the Holy Spirit and give them the gift of tongues. And, and, um, and then we put them to bed and... And that was an awesome memory for us because we were downstairs and we could hear Ruth and Joseph praying in tongues, laid in the beds, you know, mm. they've been filled with the Holy Spirit, being very yeah. young. So I think awesome. um, just out of your natural life, God will give you opportunities um, for your own children. You don't have to force things. I think it's good to have, you know, daily prayers, daily Bible readings um, and all these kind of things and um, teaching about God but to be aware of the times and opportunities that God mm. gives you um, for your own children. Mm. Unexpected ones, for us it was, unexpected. Mm. wasn't planned that way, but God, you know, he worked it that way for us and for Ruth and Joseph. Um, so just to be ready for those times when they ask you questions and you can share something and for God to do something in that, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. You guys have like quite a nice like bedtime routine as well, don't you? Like with the kids when they've been growing up. Yeah. What What would you say, Andy Lester, to that? To the um, uh, sharing faith with the little kids at your your age. Mm, oh, sorry, yeah, Larry. We have to something from me. No, then. no, it's fine. Let Let Andy go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, well, I, I think when they were babies, all I would think about was, oh, I can't wait until they're old enough that we can actually have a conversation with them where you can start to really like tell yeah. them about Jesus. <laughs> and you think, oh, I just can't wait until that point. And I've loved it since Solomon's been old enough to really talk about deep things. I wouldn't say Phoebe quite understands yet at three. She knows a lot from us yeah. talking about stuff. But Solomon, he's just, ever since he's been about four, um, he, I've just loved when you put him to bed at night and we do his prayers with him and read his Bible with him. Just the questions he comes out with, I love answering his mm. questions. And, and you see what goes in mm, and yeah. what he remembers because he just comes out with these yeah, awesome truths yeah. and uh, you can just tell he's already got the holy spirit from from the things we've done especially at bedtimes and things but yeah just like um worship him with the kids around the house is really powerful isn't it yeah um, pray together as a family and and we would be careful like with what they say and what they're watching and stuff like that as well i guess mm-hmm. you know oh, watching yeah. you know as much good you know things you know good uh christian stuff as possible and you know be careful of a lot of the other stuff i guess and mm-hmm. Yes, there's some of the things we, I guess, do anyway. I think that's yeah. the underlying thing is that, you know, what Andy and Esther were doing and what we've done, which is, you know, you're a Christian household, so be yeah. one, be mm. one, yeah. daily. Yeah. Don't just go to church. Let mm. let it be Jesus, breakfast, dinner and tea, because it, yeah. will, it will be when you get to heaven, so make it that now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, daily prayers. And um, yeah. I think, but then, like Margaret said, there's moments... Yeah. There's moments where people get saved. And mm. you, your kids need evangelizing just because, you know, yeah. just because they're brought up in a Christian home. They need evangelizing all the way through. So I'd keep the gospel in the yeah. mix. Mm. Let them hear the gospel. Um, mm. You know, you know when you're hearing the gospel, it's very powerful and very clear. You know, watching Salty the Singing Songbook, do, yeah. do an altar call, you know, is, oh. is powerful, you know. Um, <sighs> you know, um, let them hear the gospel at church make sure the gospel's mixed in get them to evangelistic things mm. as they're growing up as they're getting older so they can keep making decisions mm. till in the end they're really making an adult decision mm. a real big decision mm. however old that is it might be 13 they might be 14 17 because even if they give their life to the lord when they're four and are saved mm. there's still an adult response needed Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, as an adult, as a free, yeah. you know, like Margaret said, you know, it gets to that point of real choice where you're an adult now and you're choosing for yourself. Mm. Yeah. You know, because obviously when they're little, you're choosing for them. Mm. You're choosing what they watch and you're choosing, which is right, you know. The Bible says about Jesus and Mary, you know, it says in Isaiah, Mary, it says of Mary that she, she fed him on a diet of curds and honey until until he was old enough to discern right from wrong. Mm. Yes, she chose. Mm. When they're little, they're not old enough to discern right or wrong. You don't let mm. them watch a load of rubbish. You choose their diet, mm. what they're going to yeah. see, what they're going to hear. Mm. But so how do you, how do you do old that? enough to... Well, there's loads of different ways. Like, how do you, com- you know, just uh, control or limit what they watch? Because it's so easy to, you know, just have like the freedom of internet, everything to. Yeah, it is now. It was different when we first started, though, wasn't it? <coughs> well, but yeah. but it's still, you know, you still have some of the younger ones still coming through it, won't they? Yeah, you have yeah. To limit what, what they. What do you say, Margaret? What What do you mean? What the watch has in? Like, so how do you limit, you know, what they watch? Because Martin was saying, you know, let them watch the the good stuff and let them watch. So how do how do you put the limit in? Um, well, I suppose part of it is discerning the right things as well. 
Um, yeah. I'm, I've been watching man movies for the last 25 years yeah. now. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, I suppose, well, you have to dis- just discern it, really, with your own children. Some Some of your children are more sensitive than others, you know, our children, some could watch certain things and some couldn't. Um, so, you know, you have to decide on those things. But And then you just, well, you know, you have to decide the natural age where things are acceptable to watch or acceptable to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose there's the phones and everything like this. But again, when our children were younger, it was something that, we didn't have to deal with all yeah. of that then, um, and well, that is a hard one, I guess. There was no phones. There wasn't any phones, really. And when they did come in, they were just... Didn't even have a house phone at first. <laughs> you didn't have a house phone, no. <laughs> when we first so got it's married. a nice, nice, quiet life. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that is a challenge because um, you have to decide where, when or if you give your son or daughter <laughs> a phone, uh, you know, with everything on it, accessible. Um, and it is hard because... You know, you have to trust them or pray to God that they'll be kept safe with that. And you're talking about older kids. Here, older yeah. children, yeah. We'd never give our kids no. a smartphone, a child. No, I mean, you know, talking about now, junior school. Does we'd that... never give a junior school well, child. This is it. They a, do, a don't they? We wouldn't. That's thing. As Christians, we wouldn't, no. I mean, Christ- if a Christian does that, yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if you got your head screwed on the wrong way or something. Yeah. Are you mentally ill or something? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You're yeah. feeding them to the devil, if you ask me. I, know, yeah. I feel really strongly about it. You yeah. might, have, you might yeah. have picked that up. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yet you see it all the time hmm. because of peer pressure. Yeah. Because of peer pressure, you know. Peer pressure. Yeah. Well, that's all it is, you know, keeping well, up with the Joneses. And if you can't mm. say mm. no to your kids, yeah. you're in serious trouble. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you can't say no when they're little, you won't be able to say no when they're a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. If you can't say no when they're a bit bigger, you definitely can't say yeah. no when they become yeah. teenagers. But isn't it isn't it actually selfish by giving them the phones because you're not giving it for them for them yeah. to have awesome time? Of course, it is. You give you're giving it so that you can free have time freedom because mm-hmm. they go zzz, <laughs> they zonk yeah. out, don't they? Yeah. And start and they might be watching little kids' cartoons at first, but that powerful thing in their hand is dangerous. Yeah. And, and all, time waster. all the hell in the world is time on it. waster as well. Yeah, Just time it's a waster. life waster. Life waster. Yeah. It's a complete mm. life waster. I mean, when we first got married, we didn't even have a telly. No. And our first mm. couple of kids, we didn't have telly. No. Mm. We chose not to have one. Tellys were actually invented when we were married. <laughs> but we chose yeah. not to have one. We thought, well, let's see how long we can go. Yeah. And you know, that was a hard two weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went, I don't know how long, a few years, wasn't it? A long time. Long yeah, and time. Ruth and Joseph became phenomenal artists and yeah. all sorts of things, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. Didn't wow. miss it at all. Yeah. And then eventually we got a DVD mm. player, so we didn't have telly. But well, we just, yeah. Our Joseph used to just... Yeah. Sit and draw all day. He, I mean, he's born artist. So from being one, mm. sit at the table and just draw and draw and draw and draw. Um, mm. And, you know, he drew tellies. He no. No. <laughs> and, and he's an awesome, awesome, awesome artist. You know, he developed his gift because mm. he had that space. Yeah, so it is a challenge, you know, to have too. to create the space. Um, and when I talk to Luke, our Luke, who's 20, he's he's the musician, you know. And when he tells me about, you know, the composers and Mozart and all, when he talks to us about that, and I think, oh, what a life, what a different life they had. Mm. 
they yeah. just had the time. <clears throat> and like I was talking to our Benjamin, who's 13. I was trying to do what the other day with him, some maths um, and help him and encourage him. And just the challenge of working something out in your mind and retaining a number, right? Retaining a number in your head and then trying to do something else and then taking that other number and working it all out in your head. Mm. And it's a challenge to do that because if your mind is busy with other things. And I just mm. said, well, I remember Luke was telling us how Mozart, how he wrote, you know, the church, they only wrote church for music, music for churches, and they could only play the music in the churches. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he wasn't allowed, Was I think he was banned from the churches, but it was his music, and he wasn't allowed to take his music away from the church building and play it. So what he did, because he so much wanted to play his own music, he memorised his own music and so he could go mm. away and play his music. And I said to Benjamin, I said, I said, it's amazing to think your mind has the, you know, the capacity and ability to just be able to do that. Mm. I said, and... Mind does, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you just think, yeah. you know, your mind is, way, you know, it's, it's a robbery, really. Mm. You know, it can be yeah. what we watch too much of <clears throat> or the phone and the time and the life that's wasted. And, mm. you know, the um, potential that's in human beings, even now, to be and to do and to create, which is so amiss now. Yeah, because you like, haven't got yeah. time because you're scrolling. Yeah, it's terrible, yeah. really. You're watching other people's yeah. lives, but you're not even watching their lives. You're just so, watching ir- yeah. irrelevance, irrelevant pictures of other people. And yeah. Yeah. The fake version yeah. in your head. So, yeah. I mean, to, do, to give that to a child yeah. is, I mean, it's the opposite of wisdom to me. Yeah. yeah, you know, you, you just want children to be protected from that until they're able to discern good and evil, yeah. and that yeah. takes some discerning. Mm-hmm. There's very few teenagers and young adults who can handle a smartphone oh, yeah. in a godly way. Very few. So, mm-hmm. man, you know, to give it to a child is like giving them a gun. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Wow. But don't feel condemned if you give your kid a phone. <laughs> so just go pick it up right now and drop it just, in the bin. Yeah, take it off them while they're sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them Boris Johnson's banned them during f- shutdown. <laughs> they'll, be- yeah. they'll believe you. It is. That's the challenge of the culture. The tooth fairy took it. Yeah. 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 What? What? You, Andy? Andy? Do you have anything? Andy, Esther, do you have anything to add on this? No, just it's just all awesome stuff already. What we're hearing, I think we're the same as well. We don't. We really try not to have. As, as, we, as little screen time as possible in general. They absolutely don't have pads or anything like that. I mean, I was only little, you know, but we really swing in that way as well. And wanting them to be outside as much as possible, playing together in the fresh air, yeah, mm. but playing with them, being with them as much as much as possible, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, just really leaning towards that as much as we can. Yeah, you know, um, and yeah. And it's a different you know, world now, you know. I've, not, so, I've noticed honest. now as well, like. We can we can go to a cafe or somewhere now, and they actually just can sit at a table, wait for their food to come, hmm. talk to us, yeah, we talk, do yeah. simple things at the table, wait for our food, eat together, yeah. and board they don't games. run away from the table all the time, things like that. Yeah, like which I think a lot of parents yeah have always given them screens at table times like that out and about at restaurants yeah. or cafes or whatever. And I think because we've learned to not doing that, it's actually it's beautiful that they they don't even know to ask for it because they've yeah. never done it. And actually, it means like I think some families don't talk around the dinner table and things like that, do they? Just because yeah. everyone's on a screen, or yeah. especially when they're in public, because they just want to have a nice, 
because um, they just want to have a nice meal in peace and quiet with little ones. They give them a screen or something, but I think it's yeah. really, really good for family mm-hmm. relationships to just be able to talk to each other and things like that in, in those kind of settings as well. It's brilliant. It's such a challenge, though, because it's the opposite, isn't it, of oh, what yeah. Yeah. Is, the, is the norm, is the cultural norm. Mm. Having said that, we do love our movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and oh, I yeah. think it's good to let your children, you know, chill out yeah. and, you know, mm. watch movies, isn't it? And I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, we, the Ruddick family are movie kings, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, quote the movies every day. So, and I just guess yeah. it's like what movies you do watch. Yeah. In that. Yeah. And like how often and yeah. like not yeah. like being yeah. in front of the screen all day, for example, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I just yeah. like manage time of it right i guess yeah, yeah. like yeah. not letting them watch the godfather till the five <laughs> <laughs> yeah um there's um i mean this is all pretty good maybe i'd have one last question about that is like so how do you i mean with do you have any like practical tips on like what do you how do you actually get through this because the world and whatever the the culture at the moment is saying is so completely opposite you know they're advertising kids having phones and even like in schools and things you can't do certain things because you're you have to have a smartphone you say so what are some of the practical things that you can give to your you know how do you actually go through this how do you limit all this or <coughs> tell your kids to be completely the opposite stream you know Pray that they get saved <laughs> and make the right choices themselves. You know, because yeah. they say, why, why do I have to do that, Mum? Well, you the know? other thing yeah. is, I mean, church is really important. Mm. Amen. So having other people who mm. believe kingdom of God values is a massive strength mm. to, to the mums and dads, first and foremost. Mm. I mean, the kids have got to suffer school, right? Mm. They've got to go through that. And it is a suffering for, for any kid. It's, you know, never mind... <clears throat> Uh, Christian kids, but it's yeah. it's it's a massive challenge to, and it's a suffering. Um, but to to go through school, um, you know, I think the parents need other parents who believe the same stuff. That's mm-hmm. why it's important to have shared values in your church. You know mm-hmm. that you understand why you, you, you your lifestyle is aiming a certain way. Why are you leaning towards this? Because of the kingdom of God, because of the damage it does to families and kids, mm. because it grieves the Holy Spirit, because we want to walk with God. All of these reasons need to be reinforced for you all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, to do that on your own is incredibly difficult mm. because the whole mm. world is screaming that you're wrong, it's too hard, you're weird, you don't fit in, mm. they're going to be maladjusted, they're not going to fit in society. Mm. A thousand things are going to be screaming at you if you want to live an alternative lifestyle to the culture. So you need church. You need mm. other couples who are going to suffer it with you, who are going to walk <coughs> the other way with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can help the kids to have some little pals yeah. who agree the same and think the same. Um, but it doesn't always help them because obviously a lot of their time they're going to be in school with people who don't have those values at all, mm-hmm. who don't mm-hmm. get it, who think they're weird. <coughs> so you're going to have a battle and you're going to need the Lord. You know, mm. and like Margaret said, the quicker your child actually becomes a Christian mm-hmm. and they're born again and they're making the choices then, you know. Mm. I think of Matthias and Benji, really. I mean, you know, the, to be in senior school, two young lads, <laughs> and be so countercultural off their own back 
is unbelievable. You know, it can only be the kingdom of God. Yeah, and it's the influence of of some of some of the youth, p- people like mm. Carl, and yeah. um, you know, because it's not the age where you want to do what your mum and dad think. Mm. But if you've got the Lord in your heart and you're running for the kingdom of God, it's a massive help. And if you've got mm. some youth around you who are going the same direction, it's a huge help. Mm. And if the parents have church, it's a huge help. Yeah. And there's there's going to be some suffering. You know what? Jesus was rejected by this world, by this culture. And the New Testament says, you know, if you want to walk with Jesus, you have to go to, with him outside the camp. Mm. and suffer the disgrace he bought. They threw him out and crucified him outside the mm. camp, outside the city. There was no room for him. And there's part of Christianity that's just that. you just got to suck it up and suffer. you just got to face the facts. You're not going to have a super fit-in family and work in this world. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're going to battle all the way through mm. for your kids and sometimes with your kids and following Jesus. And the hardest thing is when your kids decide not to follow Jesus, mm. when you just got to keep walking with him. Yeah. You know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. You know, you. I think there is the encouragement. Um, it's hard because, you, in one sense, you don't want to be legalistic about life um, and things, but you want the grace of God on everything, you know, mm. and... Mm. You know, for your children to choose, and like you say, in the end, they have the grace to choose. Um, and it's a blessing and encouragement when you see your children choose God mm. and the good things. You know, um, you know, for like Luke, he's at university and he's chosen to have a a simple phone, um, and you know, his Christian friends there. You know, it's. It's awesome to hear that they're sort of like, look at Luke and say, why is Luke? He said, because it's a time waster, you know, and I'll use it for communication. But And so a few of his friends now have actually got rid of their, you know, smartphones, you know, Android phones, whatever, and, mm. and they've decided and actually got um, simpler phones. So it's <laughs> awesome to see the effect yeah. of it, you know, when your yeah. children choose that. And like for Matthias, who's now, he's actually just, he's 16 now, but he's never had a phone, never wanted a phone. Um, And so it's hard for him at school. It was because, you know, they use the phones to take, when the the homework's on the the whiteboard or wherever, take a picture, everybody, on your phone. There's Matthias. Hmm. I haven't got a phone. So you'll have to Hmm. write it all down or whatever. It's hard. But, you know... He said, I used to I'd take a chisel and a piece <laughs> of rock. <laughs> you know, but he decided, Matthias decided that. He said, I don't want a phone, I don't want a phone. And we were saying, just have this simple phone. We need to even ring you or get in touch with you. But And, and in the end, I think some of these lads were saying to his friends, they said, well, Matthias doesn't have a phone. And said, no, Matthias, you have a phone. And he said, no, I don't. I don't have a phone. And... Um, and then, then uh, I said, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to get rid of my phone. <laughs> and these friends, these other friends said, oh, yeah, I'd like to see it, you know, give it a week. But they said, oh, all the girls love you, Matthias, because you haven't got a phone, because you're the mystery man. Nobody knows you or who you are. <laughs> so it become cool in the end. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like a it's blessing. Isn't it? Yeah. If someone's brave enough yeah. to it's live a, a different way, hmm. 
it is actually attractive to yeah. other people who want to live a different way but don't. And they've chosen that for yeah. themselves, yeah. you say, Matthias, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, they'll be blessed. And with and Luke, others. you know, those people yeah. at uni. Yeah. That's, that's a... Friends. It's awesome. It you is. know, because it sets them free. It does. Oh, awesome. do you know what? I don't have to have a smartphone. No. You know, if a lot of Christians know that they're really bad for them. Yeah. Mm. But seeing someone who dare do it. I know. Mm. It's pretty awesome. It is awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's like a few questions coming in, just trying to like tackle them as well. Yeah, they're coming um, onto Larry's smartphone right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is um, there is two that Emily's got one, and then I've got one anonymous, which I'd like to put like under the same, um, you know, question. So Emily's saying, do you have any advice on how to balance having grace for your kids and disciplining them? And then there is one um, anonymous that's come in that says. Sweden banned smacking of children in 1979 mm-hmm. and Scotland became the first country in the UK to ban it in 2019. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Parents who smack of often viewed as bad parents. Scotland became the first to ban it, did they? Scotland became the first country in the is it UK. Banned here, then? UK. In the UK. Scotland. Is it Scotland banned is. here, though? Just mm. I don't think it is in the UK, no. but it sounds oh, like... that's good. But Larry Bendorf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, yeah, I'll just quickly say a few things, if that's all right. Um, yeah. Just about, like, well, having nine children, you know, every person's different and talking about discipline every child responds to different things you know you might smack a child and it doesn't bother them you know at all they might smack you back (laughs) some children do (laughs) you know um but you might give them a little smack and that's enough or you know i know our anna my voice just had to rise and she was doing as she was told you know if i'd say anna and she'd right and she'd do you see it's you know, every child responds differently to different... And you have to find out, um, discern amongst your children, you know, at different ages what they'll respond to. You know, as they get older, you can um, say, right, OK, you're not playing on the game or you're not going to do this or take something from them that's, you know, costly to them and talk to them as they get older about things. But... Um, the smacking thing, yeah. Well, the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. But, mm. you know, then people could say, you know, th- there's all the, you know, could be abuse. And I mean, years ago, I was thinking today actually about, I can remember being smacked twice um, in my life, really, when I was a child. Uh, once, the first time, was by a teacher. And this is the thing. I mean, well. you know, teachers mm. then were allowed to cane you give you the slipper, give you the ruler. Yeah. I've had the ruler on my hand and I've had a smack on the leg. Um, yeah, I'm very naughty, really, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I was saying to Martin, I said, and that smack I got, really, I didn't deserve it. That's the thing. Often, you know, your own children, sometimes you might smack them and, and sometimes they haven't done anything wrong. Maybe one of the other children have got them into trouble and they've got the smack or whatever. And sometimes a smack is not the right thing. Um, so my this teacher it, had called me and my friend. We were going in. It was our first day in junior school, and we were all no lined way. up. Yeah, wow. we were all lined up to go in, and and I was talking. Um, I think I was like Rebecca actually at school. I just always got in trouble for talking. I was talking um, and talking mm-hmm. to this girl, and we sort of like were ch- talking so much we missed the line going in, and I said oh, we missed. So we ran in, and the teacher this 
man teacher said, you two girls, get on that wall. And we were like, <gasps> so we went on the wall with a number of other children. And he said, right, you children, go to my classroom. And we didn't know where the classroom was. It was our first day. So we went back to our own classroom. <laughs> and then he called for us, you know, those two girls who didn't come. <gasps> we were scared. We were only seven. Oh. And we went to this teacher and scary teacher. But he smacked us both, maybe because we didn't come when he said to the class originally. I don't know. But I remember that, and it was terrible, really. Yeah. And we, we like, laughed and cried. Give us his name. I'm going to send him a key round. No, but the next year I was in his class, and I was, like, the teacher's pet then. But, but no, I, I remember that feeling like I was smacked unjustly that time. But another time I was smacked by my dad. Um, and I can only remember being smacked once. But it was for when I came home from school one day. Um, my friend, the same friend actually, who I was talking to in the line, I realised I always get into trouble when I was with her. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. she said, come back to my house after school, Margaret. I must have only been about nine, I think. And on the way back from school, I went to her house, knowing I shouldn't have because my mum didn't know, wouldn't know where I was and I was at my friend's. And I felt like I shouldn't be here, shouldn't be here, shouldn't be here. And eventually went home. And my dad, you see, my poor mum was absolutely worried about me, wondering where I was. And so my dad, I remember him smacking me and he gave me, he said, stay in for two weeks. And I remember thinking when he smacked me, I thought I deserved that. I needed that because I really did wrong there. Mm. So it's like, but it is hard sometimes to decide. And sometimes we, you know, we can miss wrongly discipline or we might not discipline. We just need again to ask God give us wisdom in all of that for all of our children mm. um, and to show us how we can train them and teach them and show them um, the right way towards God, you know. What do you think, Esther? She's just smacking Andy, hang on. I'm, <laughs> I'm just waking her up, hang on. What do I think for which question? About, about uh, smacking children and disciplining them and versus having grace for them. Or any ideas of different disciplines? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm probably the type of parent who leans towards being quite disciplining. <laughs> um, mm. But I, um, I think sometimes I do sense that actually, you know, it's time for grace and it's just praying, I suppose, for your mm. day each day to have wisdom and discernment with your children's mm. behavior um and letting the holy spirit prompt you actually i suppose sometimes some days i think oh that's really annoyed me and in my natural human anger i can get really angry about something and god just yeah. kind of says nah but remember like what i forgive you for and how much grace i have for all your nightmare moments mm -hmm. esther so <laughs> yeah, just uh, like good. instead do something really like like i, rem I always remember man's preach about how he said <laughs> you know when you have grace for your kids you give them mcdonald's even if they've trashed the house <laughs> so sometimes i think right i'm gonna do something to bless my kids instead because yeah. <laughs> i remember that preach and i feel like maybe prompted by the holy spirit mm -hmm. but i suppose it's it's like day in day, day out you just need to be asking the holy spirit to guide you with whether to punish things sometimes or sometimes to let things slide a bit um sometimes just be wise about which things you make the important things to keep as a rule and some things that you don't think are quite as important let those things go mm -hmm. know which mm -hmm. things are important to yeah. you yeah. Um, yeah and sometimes it just needs sometimes it just needs like the dad to just do the discipline and i think doesn't it like yeah you know often esther can like you know try and discipline them a bit and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but then if i come and like raise my voice to them or yeah you know or smack if they need it if that's the right thing to do at that point then mm. then it's just different you know 
Um, I yeah. don't know. What do you think, Martin? Y- yeah, I mean, it's it's ne- it's just not easy, is it? Obviously, you know, I heard someone say, you know, never discipline your kids while you're angry. I thought, mm. what a stupid thing to say. I mean, <laughs> it's the perfect time to discipline them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously you're angry or you're not going to be disciplining them because something's <laughs> happened. Mm. Um, it's usually like, what would really make me angry or make me you know really get wound up is if they hurt each other that's yeah. what always got me you know if they were if they were bullying each other mm-hmm. you know or really hurt one of the little ones a big one i found that mm-hmm. really hard you know yeah. um but but several hours stood outside in the rain on top of the shed <laughs> was always good for me and it calmed me down <laughs> <laughs> I've just yeah. one little thought um, you know when they're very little I think sometimes when they're starting to be doing something naughty you know you can like lift them out of, either when they're so little you can lift them out of a situation or yeah. distract mm. them from something um, and you know, I always found that you know when you have a new baby um, your older child if you've got an older child they think, oh, isn't this wonderful? At first, it's wonderful. <laughs> but then when they realise that baby's here to stay, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. excuse me. You know, and then th- they become the power person. And and people say to me, I'm a bit concerned about my toddler who, like, like pushes the baby or wants to hurt the baby. And I always say, um, it's just normal, actually. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. It's mm-hmm. just human nature. The, the older yeah. child, you know, whether they're, you know, there might be only two or three, human you know we were just saying that you know sin is there the sinful nature is there from very young age (laughs) you don't you never teach a child to whack another baby or but they just Mm -hmm. you know push a baby and hurt them um you don't teach them they don't see people doing it but they do it it's just Mm. human you know the the sinful nature but you always find that the older child for some reason wants to kind of like show their power on the other one or bully them and it goes through all ages really in a family yeah um, yeah, so... But, yeah, there's different not. types of discipline, isn't there? And sometimes, you know, I've I've known people like say, you should never smack a child. We we would never smack our child. We we put them in the room on their own. And I sometimes mm. think, well, isn't that worse? You know, mm. yeah. emotionally, the or, abandoning them. Abandoning yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's no discipline that's nice. Yeah. But, you know, obviously it's a Bible concept, isn't it, that if you're a good dad... Yeah. If you're a good dad, you draw boundaries. Yeah, that's and the you, boundaries. You have to have some boundaries somewhere. Mm. Obviously, they could be more relaxed mm. at some points in the house or whatever. But and obviously, as they get older, you can talk to your children. Yeah, why you shouldn't do this or yeah. that or whatever. And a lot of the ba- real boundaries are do with danger, aren't they? Yeah, you don't yeah. want them running off across a road. You don't want them, uh, you know, grabbing a big hot cup of tea off someone. So yeah. those like basic values of respect. Yeah. Of adults and others, and not just you know, not standing on the table and dancing through everyone's dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's yeah. just it's just you know when you, when you slowly teach those values, then then it's all right, you know, because sometimes you get this thing of you know, well, kids, let them be free, let them express themselves. You'll have just expressed a hot cup of tea <laughs> all over my legs and all over another kid, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now there's bound boundaries to do with love. Yeah. 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 Boundaries to do with loving other people, yeah. actually, and mm. and a neglect of the boundaries is bad parenting. Mm-hmm. It's laziness because I tell you what, it's exhausting mm. training children. Yeah, 
because mm. you tell them and you tell them yeah. and you tell them and you tell them yeah. and then you tell them and it's mm. it's just hard you know yeah. and then and then one day they start to get it and but it takes a long time yeah you know a little bit like elders really <laughs> yeah. yeah just one one more thing on that just yeah it's true because that is one thing when you think of nine children physically exhausting but actually mentally emotionally um trying to teach them and train them um the right thing and and also not just to do the right thing but have the right attitude as well you know mm. if, if they're speaking in a certain way or um, doing something, having a, an attitude, it's important to train that as well, you know, for them to see so that's not right the way you spoke or, you know, and teach them. And, you know, and it says, doesn't it, train your child in the way they should go and, you know, when they get older, they, they'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true, you're the yeah. fruit of what, and it does take, and it's hard work because you have to watch your children when they're very little. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you leave your children, they'll just run amok. You know, um, you hear stories about children getting into all sorts or doing all sorts of things. Um, and sometimes it can be because often you might be chatting away to somebody else or whatever. But it's a challenge to, to like, watch them, be aware of what they're doing um, and to protect other children or for your children to be protected from others or... And it is a challenge. Mm. I've, I've thinking back now, it is exhausting, you know, to always, mm. no, don't do that, do this, la di da, and all the time. Mm. But it's worth it in the end. Yeah. You see the fruit of it. Even I mean, boundaries you know. like bedtimes, you see. Yeah. Some people don't have any bedtime boundaries. They let yeah. the kids stay up out half the night. So yeah. the couple never gets any time to themselves. Mm. And then and then it's more stress, more yeah. more tired, mm. you know. You're yeah. more That's tired. true. Oh, one big thing for me <coughs> is routine, you know. Whether that's some English, I don't know, but oh, yeah. routine for all my life uh, with all of my children is having a routine, you know, as much as we can, you know, throughout the day, you know, um, always things I would always say. I remember when we were having our extension and we had to move out of our house and we had to live somewhere that was very challenging, actually, and very hard. And I thought, right, if I can still feed my children and pray with them and if I can brush the teeth we'll survive <laughs> but for me they're like important things you know yeah. brushing the teeth you know your children's mm. teeth every morning every night you might think it's out but for me that's really important you know to teach to brush your children's teeth every morning and every night and for them hopefully to get to the point when they get older that they'll see it as a really important thing to look after their own teeth, because I say to my children, you know, you know, you have to, you cho- your teeth are for the rest of your life, you know. So, and years ago when we were little, it it wasn't a big deal, but and mm. but for me that is a big deal, you know, every day to encourage mm. your children to brush the teeth every morning and every night, and you do it when they're little. Um, and routine, of like Martin said there, the boundaries of bedtime. When our children were really little, we used to put them to bed at half past seven, you know, every night. We used to have meetings around our house um, and things like this, or we used to go out somewhere when they were little. And it is a bit harder when they get a bit older and they stay up a bit longer, and you just have to work things out that way. But it really is healthy to have a routine, you know, and um, in your life, really, um, for yourself yes. and for your children. And I mean, yeah. the, the question, you know, was probably about the physical discipline, as well you know so to sum up 
you know, is the physical disciplining of kids wrong or right? I think what's coming out is it is is it depends, depends on the parents, depends on the child, depends on the situation. Sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's right, and and you've got to decide and discern. You know, biblically, obviously, and in all the old world terms, uh, smacking a child was just normal. It's been normal for since the beginning of time. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only recently that kids take parents to court and things, and <laughs> that's, that's just well, know. years ago. But other parents used to clip other children around yeah. the head, even if they weren't their own children. Yeah. You know, fifteen-year-olds. Every, every, the local the, Bobby used to yeah. whack you around the head, you know. Yeah. And that was yeah. it was acceptable. Wouldn't think of anything yeah. of it. Yeah, we were so all smacked that. at school and yeah. slippered and yeah. caned and all. And probably sorts, you know? a big part of that was unhelpful, really. You know. Mm. Then, mm. yeah. But, you do but if you're talking about a parent, yeah. a loving parent, mm. then you could put that in the mix, don't you? You know, God disciplines us, yeah, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, and he, and you know, and he does it because he loves us. And when yeah. he does it, it hurts. Mm. You know, we don't like it, but he, but he's full of mercy and grace, and yeah. forgives. Of course, there's lots of forgiveness. <laughs> but if you only go down the forgiveness line, you're not training children. That's the problem. Mm, mm. You're not actually training. You're not teaching them anything other than, oh, I can get away with this. Because that hu- that human nature will want to push the boundaries all the time. Mm. And actually, if you don't give children boundaries, they become very insecure yeah. and unhappy. And then they really do play up. Then you've got a harder problem to... Mm. Yeah. But I mean, all kids are different. Situations are different. I'm really glad my dad smacked me, you know. I'm like really phys- glad your dad physic- smacked you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't smack me. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember, you know, there was things that just like my head didn't get, you know, now looking back it feels like logical. Why didn't I get that this is wrong to do? Yeah, I was but only re- setting fire at the car. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like getting smack and I never did that thing again. It was like, you know, it was, it was like physical or something that mm. I never did again. Mm. And honestly, I think that like, because I, I knew that mm. my dad loved me as well. Yeah. So That's it wasn't that I, mm. I... He didn't do it, like, all the time. But there yeah. was times where, like, I needed it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it was really important that yeah. I never did it again. Yeah. You know, I remember... I just didn't do it again. And the it bank clear. robbery just stopped. I know. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly the neighbours stopped dying. <laughs> uh, we've got one last uh, question about maybe the kids. Um, sorry, guys, we've got loads of questions come in uh, anonymously, yeah. so yeah. We, we're running out of time. So we'll try to like push them in in other episodes and other topics. But maybe last question about uh, the kids over here is that um, uh, Kina says we live in a country where we don't have to send kids to school until seven, but that's seven years old. But you can go to nursery is it worth sending them or better to keep them home good question keena yeah mm. well well i would say depends on your child again um and depends on your situation if it's going to be helpful to them and to you you know i think it's you decide that way you know i think well i've found that boys our boys um didn't really want to go to nursery or school as much as the girls did. I found that our girls were much more ready to go, much more independent um, when they were younger um, and found it easier to start nursery school and and, and that way. 
And it is hard in this country because, you know, they expect you to start nursery at three or four. But I suppose it's nice having the choice, you're keener um, to have that choice. And, it, and in some ways, um, nice to have the choice to keep them at home or to put them in a nursery. But I mm. think, um, yeah, if if they're going to enjoy it and it's something that's going to be helpful and fun, um, yeah, I think go for it. What do you think, Andy Esther? I don't know, like for both of our kids, I've found that, um, I mean, we started Solomon in nursery before he was ready, actually, when he was just two in private nursery. And we found his own yeah. reaction to that was, we, you know, we, we really kind of found that mm-hmm. we regretted that and we yeah. took him out again. And I was more cautious to put him back into a school nursery when he was three for that reason. Um, so what I think in the right time and in the right school and nursery where God puts you and you don't rush into just in your flesh wanting a break or yeah. things like that just because it's available um, <laughs> mm. and it's the right decision for the kids and where they're happy. Like he, uh, we didn't send him until he was three and a half to school nursery and, but God really showed us where to put him and he's absolutely loved school ever since we started him there mm-hmm. and, and yeah, our kids are just those type of outgoing, sociable kids, though, as well. So I don't mm. know if I, if I had the choice in a different mm. country, I couldn't imagine mm. it really. Because yeah, and I mean, I guess if you have the choice, if if you were if you felt it was right, you could you can try something if the if the right age, and then if they're not liking it, you can always take them back out, can you? I guess. Yeah. 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 It's nice to have the choice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. It is, great yeah. these nations where they go to school later. Yeah. And don't they all yeah. do better? Yeah. They do better in education. Yeah, they? I know. And aren't all the sort of uh, statistics about child happiness massively different? Yeah. I think the UK is one of the one of the lowest mm. in terms of child happiness. Wow. I mean, in the world? Mm. Shocking. You look it up, but it is. Yeah. Wow. And these other countries, you know, that Sweden and mm. Estonia mm. and all these, you yeah, know, Norway, they rank almost, you know, one of them is the the, the top and then the others are right next to it and they, those guys don't go to school till the seven or something do they full time I, mean, I, I don't think Carl's gone yet <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. missed that bit altogether but they learn to read and learn to read at home or but in a, in a more of a natural way yeah. I suppose it's yeah. interesting isn't it yeah. well they do better at education so what does that say yeah strange yeah. isn't it mm. but yeah but sometimes it's like a lifesaver in terms of discipline as well because yeah. I know often it does help with discipline because if a little child is uh, t- is not taking it from mum and dad in terms of, you know, certain things that you want and, and the way you want them to be, school's a big help for that mm. because mm. they often, they just have to take it there. Mm. Yeah. You know, they have to, mm. no, we're all sitting down now. No, now we're all drinking our milk. Yeah. No, now we're all going to play and you'd, peer pressure mm. and, the, and, the, and a teacher who isn't your mum and dad often just helps to bring that little bit of discipline yeah, uh, that, yeah. That, is, that is helpful you know brings a lot more peace in the house mm. Mm. yeah that's true Laura Hope is saying um, you have massively blessed me tonight Margaret and Esther thank you oh. uh, bless mm. her um, bless Laura. Mm. love you Laura <laughs> I think um, we, we're going to end this tonight over here um, and uh, Margaret would you Pray for us and for the families and mothers and fathers and 
you know, for all of our children and, um, you know, yeah, mm. pray for us. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this time and this opportunity um, to share and to talk. And we just pray, Lord, for everything that's been spoken. And we just pray for all the people who are listening and will listen, that their hearts will just receive from you through all the things that have been shared. And then we pray that people will be encouraged, not condemned, but um, that they'll have courage, Lord, to do the right thing um, as husband and wife and as mother and father. And in their lives, Lord, we pray for their own children, mm. that they'll have the courage um, to do what is the right thing for their family, that will bless them. And we pray, Lord, for all of our families, that you will pour your love upon us. We thank mm. you for your Holy Spirit who spreads abroad um, your love, Lord God, into our hearts. And we pray that you'll spread your love abroad into our hearts and into our lives, Lord, throughout of all of our families, our children, our grandchildren. And we pray, Lord, that you will um, give us wisdom, every one of us, to love our children, to teach them, to to forgive each other and um, and to give us courage, Lord, to to do and to live as you want us to live, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and all your nice comments and um, all the questions. Um, if your question hasn't got answered yet because you sent it in anonymously or things, we're going to try to keep it on, on the next next time and we're going to keep these uh, women on again another time because there was a lot of questions that I think uh, would be nice to get there view and wisdom as well on but um next week we're going to be back on tuesday night 7 p.m 7 30 p.m uk time and we have another two guests that are different that were on tonight and we're going to be talking about homosexuality and things like that in church so it should be very very interesting if you have any other questions about that feel free to you know send them in already during the week and um, we're going to be talking about that um, thank you very much, everyone. Again, hope you were blessed today. Uh, bless you. Good night. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Bye. Good night.